This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. The greatest rapper of all time died on March 9th. Project Humanoid, this is Murder My Dude. I'm B. Peeper. And I love it when you call me Big Papa Poontang. I don't think I've ever called you that. You don't call me Big Papa Poontang? No. The Poontang Pariah? I don't think I've ever used the word Poontang in association with you. I had an ex-girlfriend that that uh, called me Big Papa once. Mm-hmm. But not Big Papa Poontang? No. No. No, but she did. She called me... Uh, Big Papa. Did you love it? No, I didn't. Oh. I didn't like it when she called me Big Papa. I didn't love it. I didn't like it. You disliked it. When she called me Big Papa. Mm-hmm. I did. Did you throw your hands in the air or air so you can rhyme it? Right. I didn't. I think I threw her in the air. Oh. And I hit her like I just didn't care. Well, you maybe shouldn't do that. I, I, I assaulted her. With my ham bones, the ham bones, and the, is, is it a ha- are they both ham bones or do you have my a ham soup, bone and the soup bone? A uh, soup bone. Let's put the the the, the, the bone adds flavor to the soup. I right. Believe. Yeah, it's uh, it's all the um, what's what's the shit called in the bone? The uh, the gristle? No, no, in the bone, the the fluid, the marrow, the marrow. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And today I'm Jackson Wells. Oh, you're not Big Papa Poontang. I'm not Big Papa Poontang. No. no. Damn, I, I was I was the name was kind of grown on me a little bit. No, it wasn't. I, I might still I might still call you Big Papa Poon. Don't do that. It's over. No. I could be part of the Poontang clan. Yeah, they're nothing to fuck with. No, no, we are to fuck with. Oh, we fuck a lot. The Poontang clan is something to fuck with. Yeah. Okay. Of course, it's something to fuck with. It's something to fuck in too. Yeah. Yeah. You want people to fuck in you? Well, the we fuck in the Poontang. Oh, okay. Clan. You fuck within the other members of the clan. You're fucking within the clan. No, no, no. We call people clan. It's a it's Poontang comma oh. clan. We call people clan. Like people say y'all. Yeah, you say clan. We say clan. Hmm. I'm surprised it hasn't happened. That hasn't. I guess maybe clan has some negative connotations in American history. Not really. Particularly in the South. Nah. Where? Georgia, Alabama, maybe. All of a Carolina or two. All of the Carolinas, East Carolina. Hey, that's where Vince McMahon went to college. Who? Uh, Vince McMahon. Don't I don't know her. It's a man. Mm. It's a McMahon. It's a McMahon. Yeah. Uh Okay. So yeah, we're doing something a little different this week. Uh, kind of a special episode. Mm-hmm. We are foregoing this week in murder right. because. We're going to have one topic, but it's a pretty big one, and the research went pretty This in-depth. is a special. Yeah. It's a special. It's not a typical Murder My Dude episode. It is it's... an atypical Murder My Dude episode. We're going to start with Who Died the Worst. No, we're not. That's going to be at the end. Oh, we're actually doing that? Yeah, we are going to do Who Died the Worst. Oh, it's silly. You can't not do Who Died the Worst. We're, yes, we can. <laughs> we can not do it. It's great to not do it. 
We have never not done it. But but this isn't a regular episode. Even on special episodes, I'm pretty we've sure never we've never done, done special episodes before. We have. When? Uh, when we did the episode with uh, with Tony, the Interviews with Everyday People episode. We still did Who Died the Worst. But that was a normal episode. Kind of. We didn't do This Week in Murder. This Week in Murder wasn't a permanent fixture for a bit early Yeah, but on. that was a regular episode. This isn't a regular episode. This is supposed to be like a, uh, a special. Well, we have a special Who Died the Worst. That's not a special Who Died the Worst. No, it's it just is. A it's a fucking Who Died the Worst it's on a, this goddamn fucking it's show. It's a musical edition of Who Died the Worst. I don't like it. we have actually done before. Okay. But I don't think we've done these three people before. Sure. But but there should have been no Who Died the Worst in this episode. Well, we can always save that for next week. We'll just have a musical Who Died the Worst on our St. Patrick's Day episode for some reason. That doesn't make sense. No, we'll just, we'll just go with it, even though, you know... This is a special. This is a special episode. It's like uh, it's like Saturday night's main event. Oh, you know? so we're going to have the main event on first. So we should do Who Died the Worst because that's what everybody comes to see. Nobody fucking comes. Everybody to see that comes shit. To, to hear Listen, the Who Died the no, Worst. Nobody, nobody comes for Who Died the Worst. Nobody's like, hey, you know what? Forget the fucking meat and potatoes of the show. We're going to go right for the dessert. fucking dessert. Yeah, no, nobody does that. If you are really in the who died the worst and you want to tell Jax Wells he's wrong, you can email us at murdermydude at gmail.com. Don't do that. And say, hey, don't. I like who died the worst. Mm-mm. Don't do that. Don't even tell me that you don't like it. Don't email us. I don't know why I gave her email out. Yeah. And definitely don't. Don't buy a t-shirt. Don't buy a t-shirt at projecthumanoid.com. Fuck that place. If you do, you're a son of a bitch and we yeah. hate you. We hate your mother. And we hate your mother's mother. But your mother's mother's mother? She's okay, a nice lady. Book. Yeah, she was, she was a sweetheart. Yeah. Her name's probably Sue. And then, was she a Sue, like an S-I-O-U-X? Don't be racist. Sue the Sue? Don't be racist. How is it racist to ask if somebody don't was be part fucking, of the don't, Sue? Just don't be racist, because you're, you're mocking my people. The Sue? Yeah. Where people named Sue? M- my son's people. Oh. And uh, definitely, whatever you do, mm-hmm. do not... I repeat, do not suck eggs. You can do that. I don't care. What you do in your own time is, is fine. Has nothing to do with me. But do not reach out to us on social media. Do not follow us at Murder My Dude on Instagram or Twitter. Definitely don't follow us on both. Everybody should just get rid of social media. And absolutely do not look up at Podcast My Dude on Facebook. What's that? It is a uh, social network that I guess now is for the olds. For the olds? Yeah, I think Facebook is like old people's social media now. Okay. Which is fine because we're old people. But I don't care. I, I just don't want to be on social media anymore. But like, I know you, you, you could say, well, then get off social media, but then I'll just be sitting there still because there's, I'll, I'll I have to sit still because that's just the way the world works. So I was, you know, Will Friedle. Yes. I'm aware. So, Will Friedle from Boy Meets World, he Kim Possible. Eric Matthews? Yeah, he was Eric. Okay. Uh, he apparently isn't on social media, and he's kind of like one of these, you know, oh, get off social media mm-hmm. uh, people. And I thought about it, and I was like, no. Um, because I don't like social media, and, and I understand that social media is a problem, but how boring is your life, guy? 
that you're not on social media. Like, what the fuck do you do? Read old newspapers? Are you reading old fucking Bill Apter mags? Like, what are you doing if you're not <laughs> on? Bill is reading old Apter I don't mags. know. Listen. I'd be impressed. Uh, well, I. I know one wrestling fan on that show, and it wasn't Will Friedell. Okay, it was Corey, the Corey Matthews. No, was, no, Topanga. Danielle Fischel has been to, like, wrestling show. Well, her husband's more than she is, but she I think she became a fan through her husband. True. Um, because she was at, like, PWG shows, which is, a like, a very... Yeah, but let me ask you a question. Chic Indian. Was, was Topanga shown on uh, WWE TV recently? She, Actually, she, she may have was. been in the crowd. She probably yeah. wasn't there. She may have been in the audience, yeah. or the crowd for that. Well, I know Corey, the Corey Matthews was. He was. Yeah. As was uh, Sean, the not Corey. I don't think that was Whatever his... Sean's last name was. Hunter? Hunter. Yeah, that's don't act like you don't fucking know. I, do, I didn't remember. You're a piece of shit. Um, Sean and Hunter, huh? He must have been a big wrestling fan. He was in the DX. Yeah. Uh, so, so, um, and his his name is Ryder Strong. Yeah. Which just sounds like just, a made up wrestler. It sounds name. like a porn name. Or, or porn or same thing. Porn wrestling. Yeah. All the different, all, all the, the same difference. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, so Will Friedle is talking about, uh, not being on social media and it's like, exactly what i said earlier what are you doing standing still like how how do you live your life how do you know anything maybe he has hobbies maybe he um works out for three hours a day that's boring it's boring uh what what else you read a book boring Uh, maybe he goes out with his friends okay boring talks to people irl Mm -hmm. maybe he goes to hiking he goes to hiking yeah he goes he hikes he he goes to movies he goes to concerts he he does things irl maybe he's an irl guy maybe he's in ireland yeah maybe he has that little irl like the the white oval with the black lettering it just yeah. says irl yeah that's a tease for our next episode the fourth annual murder oh dude right which we're gonna have in real life oh you're gonna murder a dude no 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 we're gonna do the show in real life oh well we always do oh and then we put it on the internet gotcha that's a, i wasn't sure yeah. how people heard this we don't. It would be weird if we just recorded something on the internet and just played it for people in like public places. That would be not not cool. It's a reverse podcast. Yeah. But no, we uh we are going to be doing the uh, the fourth annual Murder O Dude, our our annual St. Patrick's Day tradition. Mm-hmm. It's the fourth one. How crazy is that? It the, is the fourth annual Murder O Dude. Yeah. And um, I I, I kind of I finally nailed down what we're going to be talking about. Um, it's not as dirty as it sounds. We're going to be talking about the Scissor Sisters. It sounds very. It sounds, it very, sounds dirty. very dirty. Yes, it sounds as dirty as I think it that it is, and everybody else does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It it sounds extremely dirty. And we're going to forego our normal uh, week on week off for for this one, and it'll be next week, so you don't have to wait quite as long, right, for another dose of murder, my dear. And, and from here on out, we're doing one every week. I'm kidding. And Jackson Wells is going to prep half of them. I, I will. I'll prep all of them. It's going to be the shittiest murder, my dude, you've ever heard in your fucking <laughs> we'll life. We'll have one good week and one shitty week. No, no, no. Fuck you. We're going to do them every day now. Murder my day. Murder my day. Yeah. Murder my dude, my day. By day. So anyway, um, yeah, social media at murder my dude at podcast my dude. The yeah. email is murder my dude at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Project Humanoid is the website. That's it. It's the place. And yeah, we do we do have a very very special episode. Yeah, coming up. 
And this was your idea. This one, I didn't even know this was an anniversary. I didn't know this was something that was coming up. Yeah, so we're, uh, it's it's 25 years um, that Biggie Smalls died. Yes. Biggie Allegedly. Smalls. As you, Unless he's still alive. No, no, he's, he's dead. Oh. No, he's, yeah, he's definitely dead. Uh, as you heard in the beginning, as you should have heard, I, I, I don't know how, unless you forget to put it in, <laughs> uh, the, uh, you should have heard. In the beginning, uh, a little audio clip of Cannabis saying the greatest rapper of all time died on March 9th. And uh, yeah, so what, what, why don't we just get into it? That way I don't have to say things and then you have to repeat it just yeah. in, in a minute. So, yeah, so normally get your glasses on. I don't need my glasses. It's on a TV. Oh, I remember you wore glasses for a minute. Uh, my one, uh, the eye said my one eye is uh, is not quite as powerful as as it is in my other eye. Mm-hmm. So like I did wear glasses, and the glasses had like just regular glass in one of the frames. Oh, really? And then the other frame was actually a, a very mild prescription. Okay. And I, I, they were mainly doing it to make sure I didn't get a lazy eye, which I did not get. Right. So yeah, you didn't worked. want to look like Biggie. No, I didn't want to look like Biggie. Right. Um, normally I am Biggie, but I didn't want to look like Biggie Smalls. Right. Uh, normally, we do try to avoid doing unsolved cases on this show. That's just a um, a personal thing for me. I, I really don't like it when you listen to, like, a podcast or watch something about... Like, I don't, I'm not really the biggest fan of that show, Unsolved Mysteries. I always like Solved Mysteries. I want a show called Solved Mysteries. Like, I would always love on Unsolved Mysteries at the end, very end when Robert Stack would go, Update! And then you would find out what happened. Oh, I think the idea behind the show was that the mysteries at, up until then were unsolved. Yeah, but no, and some then, of them just were unsolved. And then they solved them. Not always. No, no, no. I, th- I think that that's supposed to be the thing. They're, the mysteries are already unsolved as they take it on, mm-hmm. and then they can... Well, they, possibly solve them. Yeah, they did try to do like an America's Most Wanted thing with that. Like, if you have any tips, let us know. Right. Um, but like, even a lot of some true, like a lot of true crime podcasts and things like that, they'll you'll, you'll listen to this whole episode for like an hour and a half. And like, oh, I wonder who did it. And it's like, and and to this day, they don't know who Mister Killy Man was. And it's hilarious. It's like, no, come on, it's I hilarious want a because your favorite fucking serial killer, the Zodiac, is yeah. the Zodiac. Because I want to know. I want to know. I, you know my stance. You yeah. know my stance on Jack the Ripper. I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't. Do. Why? So fuck Jack. The Why Ripper. would you want to fucking know? Why would you want it to be uh, like uh, so you... I can get some sense of bullshit closure, which I know isn't real. You're a goofball. It's not like it's not like I was affected by the Zodiac, but I still want the closure. There's no closure because I read a book about the Zodiac when I was in like tenth grade. I'm like when, when you wore like, that, when you wear those glasses. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I I gotta find out who the Zodiac is. And yeah, they're like, well, we don't know, but here's our theory. I'm like, God damn it. And to this day, it's like, I'm going to find out. Yeah, if I found out, like, like, okay, here's the thing. If we were detectives, right? Uh-huh. And you were like. Apparently, you'd be like, yeah. It's, I, I, and, I, shut the fuck up. God damn it, dude. If we're detectives and you're like, Wells, I think I got something here. And I go, what do you got, beeps? And you're like, I think the killer of Jack the Ripper is. And then I think that you really think it. I put one in your head. I kill you. You'd be the worst detective ever. No, I'd be. I'm a detective that makes sure crimes go unsolved. Hmm. 
an unsolved mysteries, could, my dude. We could we could finally bring Jack the Ripper to justice. We don't want to. We He's could put dead. him behind bars. And then you and, don't know that he and, could be immortal. And then guess what? He could be a vampire. Then, then there's no more mystery Jack the Ripper shit from now on. It's fucking solved. It's boring. I don't want there to be a fucking face to. I want people to guess for eternity. I don't want somebody to fuck it. Oh, yeah, for hundreds of years, they didn't know. And now all of a sudden, they fuck it. That's boring I guess for me, my whole thing is like, what's the point in boring. guessing without knowing if you're right or wrong? Fun. But the fun is finding out if you're right or wrong. That's not fun. Because that, that now it, it's because it ends. Because it ends. Yes. Everything ends. I know. You know what will end? You know what will fucking end? People guessing who Jack the Ripper is. No, eventually humans will go extinct and nobody will know who Jack the Ripper was anymore. Well, I mean, okay, that's, that's you got a, a bad good point ending, there. but uh, you got ending. a good point. You got a good point there. But I mean, the guessing will never end unless that, unless humanity gets wiped out. Right. And, and by humanity gets wiped out, I mean like, like, like I'm sure if there's like some post-apocalyptic shit happening. Nobody's going to really give a fuck. Nobody's going to give a fuck. Anyone. Yeah, they're not going to care. They're, they're, they're not going to be like, uh, uh, I can't breathe. Where's my leg? And Let, who the fuck is Jack the Ripper? One old guy. Let me tell you about Jack the Ripper. Shut up. We need to find clean water. Yeah. And my tooth. My one tooth. I only had one tooth. And it's gone. God damn it. My radioactive tooth. Yeah. But uh, we do try to, as a rule, stick with solved cases where we know who the culprit is. Uh, but this week we're going to cover an unsolved case. We're actually going to cover two of them. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, as we record this, tomorrow will mark 25 years since the infamous shooting of the notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls, whatever you want to call the man. Big Papa. Big Papa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this week, we're going to take a look at his murder and the possible Christopher explanations Wallace. for it. Christopher Wallace, yes. Not the uh, Christopher Wallace that used to be on Fox News. What? Oh, there was a Chris Wallace, wasn't there? Yeah. And uh, you can't talk about Biggie without talking about Tupac. Well, you, you were, can. You can, but you really, sh- if you want the proper context, you really shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, they were intertwined in life, and they do remain intertwined in death. Right. Yeah. Uh, and if you're listening to this episode, you probably have at least a passing knowledge of the background here, but we'll get into it. Uh, Biggie was the uh, the centerpiece of Bad Boy Records. Tupac was one of the, the big st- uh, stars for Death Row Records. And you Correct. can't tell the story without the two label heads of those respective labels. Bad Boy had Sean Combs, still right. puffy at the time this all went down. Yeah, uh, he wasn't Diddy or not or Brother Love. He was Brother Love for a second, wasn't he? I don't know that he was. Bro- was he I Brother think he Love? said he was gonna. He's like I, he's like. Well, what's your new name? And he think, it was like Jimmy Kimmel. He was like Love Brother Love. That's what and 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 all wrestling fans. Yeah, are like, I, I do. I, I yeah. now this and, yeah this and, vaguely and, sounds familiar. And I think he said later he was kidding. And then you said, no, I was serious, but everybody just calls him Diddy anyway. Uh, but anyway, for this... I still call him Puffy. Yeah, it was like, in the context of this, we're going back to the, the 1996, 1997s Puffy. And so... Um, I remember uh, it was around this time, because I was still in school, and I, I didn't leave school until uh, 97. So this had to be... 96 97 uh i was friends with this kid jason and um i was fat so we would jokingly call ourselves fluff daddy and jace there you go because of uh puff daddy and mace mm-hmm. and that was our names and then i remember a girl joke she was like she's like i heard i heard you call yourselves fluff daddy and jace 
And I was so fucking embarrassed <laughs> because it was, I was never as confident, like in school around people as right. I was outside. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. around friends, I was super fucking confident about whatever, if I was joking or whatever. But when it was around like girls in school, oh no, hell no. Right. I, I, I wish that I was, but, but no. Anyway. Yeah. So did you ahead. wish you were a little bit taller? No, I was pretty tall. Did you wish you were a baller? I didn't really want to play ball. Okay. I no, wish I was no. a wrestler. Yeah. That doesn't rhyme, though. I wish no. I was a little bit taller. I, I wish, wish I was, was a wrestler. wrestler. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I'd confess her. To her. Yeah. It doesn't really work. I That I murdered someone. Man, now it's just taking a dark turn. And slept with her mother. Very dark turn. And then I had to smother her brother and put him in a rug. Now you're freestyling. I'm divulging too much information about what happened in the summer of 1996. Did you kill Tupac? He didn't die until like September. Oh, yeah. That was more the fall of 1996. Excuse me. Your murdering days are behind you. Right. By the fall of 1996. You added that out of your system. Yeah. So. So... you, you can't tell the story of Biggie and Tupac without Puffy, and you definitely can't tell it uh, without Suge Knight, the boss, of, Shug. Uh, the boss of Tupac's home label, Death Row Records. Yeah. So, uh, so Combs, Puffy, uh, he starts as an unpaid intern at Uptown Records, founded by Andre Harrell. I like how you said his name like you were saying it with a comma. Combs, comma, comma Puff. Puffy. Yeah, that's like, you're looking at this permanent record. Combs, comma, Puffy. Smalls, comma, Biggie. Pac, comma, two. So, uh, so Puffy is an unpaid intern. Why, at uh, why I laughed at Pac comma two. Pac comma two. <sighs> I shouldn't. Yeah. Well, you did. It's but too I late did. now. Yeah. If this was that last one laughing show, you'd be. I would be gone. A yellow card. Yeah. I'd, I'd pack my bags. <laughs> so, so, so Puffy's an Uptown Records. That's a label that made its name with acts like Heavy D and the Boys and right. I'll Be Sure. Yeah. And as part of Puffy's internship, he worked closely with the next generation of Uptown. How the acts. fuck did you just say I'll be sure? I'll be sure. It's not like you said I'll be sure. I'll be sure. Like you're like you'll be sure. Like I'll, I'll be sure. I will be sure. I'll be sure. Mm-hmm. And as part of Puffy's internship, he worked closely with the next generation. By the way, of black guy's name Al is just strange. Al Jules? No, Al Jules was white. He just pretended to be black. <laughs> you're so racist. Uh, Al Green. The Reverend Al, Al Green. Green. Al Sharpton, the, also a Reverend. Okay. Was he the Reverend Al Be Sure? Uh, Alan Iverson was an Al? All right. I think if Alan is acceptable, okay. but once you're Al, I, I mean, Al you did Callings? just- All right. All right. Back in the killing zone. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, you, you've given me some, so Al is very black now. All right. I got- You You, you got me. I, I stated something and I was wrong. Al's a very black name. It's the blackest name. <laughs> yes. Uh, so as part of uh, the internship, uh, Puffy was working with Jodeci, he was working with Mary J. Blige. Oh, I love Jodeci. And uh, the successes of those acts associated with Combs led him to skyrocket up the ladder. And before long, within a few years, he goes from unpaid intern to an, a record executive with Uptown. But it wasn't meant to be. Uh, Puffy always had his eyes on the prize. He always was a, had that entrepreneurial mindset. And he clashed with Andre Harrell. And he's, he was fired by Uptown Records, and he started his own label in 1993, Bad Boy Records. Okay. And um, Biggie Smalls was a young, relatively unknown rapper at the time. He was starting to make noise. 
um, like underground, like people trading mixtapes and things like that, live performances and things. But he wasn't like a, on MTV, he wasn't selling th- hundreds of thousands of records yet. Uh, but by the end of 1994, he would be bestowed with that new nickname, The Notorious B.I.G., and his debut album, Ready to Die, was well on its way to going quadruple platinum. But this is after Puffy had signed on Uptown, and when Puffy left Uptown, Biggie went with him, and they put out Ready to Die on Bad Boy and to put Bad Boy on the map. And Now, uh, 93, Biggie's, what, 19, 20 years old? Yeah, like very that? young. Yeah. Very young. So, And by this time, uh, Puffy is turning Bad Boy into a monolith, but Death Row Records is already the established leader in hip-hop. At its peak... Uh, Death Row Records was making hundreds of million dollars of millions of dollars in a year. And uh, despite being the flag bearers of West Coast rap, one of their eventual cornerstones was born in New York and raised there and in Baltimore. And though he was born Lesane Crooks, Tupac Amaru Shakur was given his more famous name as a tribute to Tupac Amaru, the final Incan ruler to resist Spanish rule. Yeah, apparently there was like a billion Tupac Amarus. Okay, well... Yeah, it's like there's a lot of Muhammad Ali's, too. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones I first knew of besides the boxer was Muhammad Ali Jinnah, who was the leader of Pakistan. Right. I think when Pakistan was first formed, he was a leader there. Gotcha. And uh, Tupac was the child of activists. Uh, both of his parents were actively involved with the Black Panther Party. And uh, he grew up in East Harlem, but then he moved to Baltimore, where he attended the Baltimore School for the Arts. Mm-hmm. And it was there he met and became friends with actress Jada Pinkett. Yeah. And uh, he was mainly known for his rapping, but he dabbled in acting. He dabbled in activism. He was in plays. And for a time, he dated the daughter of the local chapter of the Communist Party USA. Uh, you know, what's funny about Tupac is, and I always bring this up to you, um, and you'll see this, like, there will be somebody, every, like, every once in a while, somebody will be in a comment section and they'll be like, like, Tupac was an actor. He he was an actor that believed his own hype. He got caught up in the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I kind of believe that with him. It, it seems like that is very much true. Um, I, I think that, like, I watched a video when he was, like, 17 years old. And he was like, my name's Tupac Shakur. And he was very effeminate. And, like, he seemed, he always seemed wise beyond his years. Yeah. Always. He always seemed like just a, like a smart fucking dude that... He was a he was a good actor. He was a good poet, and he um he ends up playing a character uh on you know in a movie, and he tries to emulate that character. He tries to be that character, and you know and and it, and it caught up to him. Like mm-hmm. he started to believe his own bullshit. Yeah, a lot of people say yeah, he started to feel like he was invincible. He started to feel like because of the the public persona he had. And because of his the friends he was around, that nobody could touch him. Uh, and I've heard, uh, who the hell was it? I think it was uh, Michael Jai White. Mm-hmm. Was that his name? The dude that played Spawn? He did play Mike Spawn, Tyson? yeah. Uh, I think it was him that was saying that, like, when Tupac was around, like, w- when it would just be, like, them hanging out, Tupac was one way. Like, this dude would be playing chess and shit. Mm-hmm. And then once his, like homies came around all of a sudden he put it like he put on this act okay and he's like all of a sudden like a different guy uh this is what he was saying i think uh uh michael jai white or jay white however you said uh this is what he was saying on like vlad tv mm-hmm. but you know and and you have to take everything with a grain of salt yeah it's everybody's perception of somebody and you never really know the real person uh everybody's but that's my everybody has their own experience my that's somebody. if i were if I were to bet, 
it would be exactly that, that this dude was just a smart kid that got caught up in, in, a, in an act. It's very um, possible. I don't know that he was like I said, he sounded a little fem- effeminate. I don't know that he was other. I don't know. You know, that, that that doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying what he sounded like, you know. Um, people have made claims. About his sexuality. OK, I don't care. Um, But I'm just saying, I just think that he put on an act and I could be wrong, but I think that that's what it was. Like, I don't think that he was, I mean, even like he, he even so much as says like things in different interviews that that makes you think that he wants uh, a better life for people. Yeah. And not, you know, to be a thug. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden he well, if, if you pushes look at his, this whole thug thing. If, if you look at his upbringing, his parents are Black Panthers. He's dating uh, the daughter of a communist party leader. Right. These are all people that are like social reform uh equality for everyone so that that is definitely you know oppression is bad so yeah that that's that definitely seems to be at least in his early life a big part of the framework right but in 1988 uh the Shakurs do move west near san francisco tupac ultimately earned a ged and he started acting in local theater and he started his rap career in 88 his mc new york uh was his name back then and okay. he, he was under the guidance of uh, Layla Steinberg, who was his poetry teacher and also his manager at the time. Yeah. And she was the one that kind of got him involved with Digital Underground. Mm-hmm. And he signed on as a roadie and a backup dancer. And in 1991, Interscope Records co-founder Jimmy Iovine um, signed Tupac to a deal with this fledgling label because Interscope was kind of brand new at the point. It wasn't like a powerhouse yet. Interscope would also work as the distributor and distributor and one of the major funding sources for Death Row Records, which is where that connection starts to be made. I've always heard the name, not trying to correct you, but Iveen-y? I'm just saying, I've always heard it said as Iveen. Iveen? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you could be right. Uh, Jimmy Iveen will say but, that. But it's kind of like when you hear people talk about Pats in Philly, and you'll, you'll hear uh, Oliveri, and then you'll hear like, how, how old is it? I forget the other way it's pronounced, but you'll, you'll hear it like said multiple ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Iovine, Iv- I've heard it Iovine, but it is spelled Iovine. So, so uh, in 1992, uh, Tupacalypse Now was released. Uh, regarded as a classic at the time, it peaked at nine, uh, number 64 on the Billboard charts. And uh, Tupac also found success in the early 90s as an actor. He broke out in the film Juice, and then he co-starred alongside Janet Jackson in 1993's Poetic Justice which was uh, director John Singleton's follow-up film after his 1991 debut, Boys in the Hood. Oh, okay. And so 1993 is when Tupac and Biggie's past first cross. Biggie, yet to hit it big, was in Los Angeles on business, and, and he got a drug dealer he knew locally to arrange for him to meet Tupac. So at this point, Biggie is still relatively unknown. Like, people within circles know his name, but he's not a major celebrity yet. Tupac is kind of there. Tupacalypse Now was big on, in the rap community, uh, like as far as rap, is, it didn't bust out mainstream like a lot of like uh, Dr. Dre stuff around that time did, but it was it, it was big-ish, I guess, and then he had the movies coming out, so he was definitely at, uh, farther along in his career than Biggie was at this point, uh, but they go to this party that uh, this drug dealer arranges, to, uh, Biggie did get invited to Tupac's party, and there, Tupac and Biggie uh, and an intern for Bad Boy named, of all things, Dan Smalls. So his name was actually Smalls. Uh, they all shared what uh, what Dan Smalls called a, quote, 
Big freezer bag of the greenest vegetables I've ever seen. I don't think he's talking about kale. No, spinach. No. Yeah, yeah, they're eating their spinach. Broccoli Rob? I don't think they're eating anything. They mm. might be smoking it. Uh, so the two became friends. Tupac and Biggie became friends. I don't know if Dan Smalls really played into the equation that much after that. Uh, but Biggie and Tupac became friends. Biggie would sleep on Tupac's couch when he was in L.A. They freestyled at a concert at Madison Square Garden that year. And uh, Biggie was a little bit concerned at the time uh, that he might not take off with Bad Boy. And he uh, it said, this is, I think, according to Tupac, that Biggie asked Tupac to manage him. And uh, Tupac told him, nah, stay with Puff. Puff, he'll make you a star. And he was right. Hmm. He wasn't wrong. Uh, and though their uh, their early relationship saw Tupac being a bit of a mentor to Biggie, it was Biggie who offered Tupac advice in 1994. And that advice was to stay away from Haitian Jack. Uh, Haitian Jack was uh, Jacques Ognant, who was a major player in the New York underworld, whom Tupac was using as an inspiration for Birdie, his character in an upcoming movie, Above the Rim. Okay. And uh, Tupac and Haitian Jack were partying when Tupac met 19-year-old Ayanna Jackson, whom he hit it off with. And they met again four days later, where Ayanna Jackson claimed during that meeting, Tupac, Haitian Jack, and Tupac's road manager, Charles Manman Fuller, gang-raped her. And all three were arrested. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Tupac claimed that he had consensual sex with Fuller, then left the room while Fuller and Haitian Jack arrived. Uh, or not Fuller, Rob. Uh, there's too many Fullers here. Uh, he had consensual sex with Jackson, Ayanna Jackson, and then uh, Charles Fuller and, and Haitian Jack arrived. When police arrived to investigate, they found guns, which Tupac said belonged to Biggie. He said he left the room to take a nap, and then he left the room, and it was just uh, Ayanna Jackson, Charles Fuller, and Haitian Jack. And police are saying that, that Ayanna Jackson said that all three of them raped her. Haitian Jack had his uh, case separated from the other two and pleaded down to a pair of misdemeanors. Tupac told the media, he made a very public case, that Haitian Jack had set him up to take a fall here. Hmm. The charges hurt Tupac financially. Bookings were pulled. He was fired from the starring role of John Singleton's Higher Learning. Uh, He was replaced by Omar Epps. Wow. Tupac was supposed to be the star of that. I really, really liked Higher Learning, too. Yeah, because... That was uh, a good movie. Yeah, Singleton, that was his third movie. Tupac, he liked, I guess, working with Tupac in Poetic Justice. So, yeah, he was supposed to to be in higher learning as well. So money is becoming an issue. Cash flow is becoming an issue. And a cash-strapped Tupac agreed to a $7,000 payday to record a guest verse on an album for New York rapper Little Sean, who had close ties to Puffy and Biggie. The mm. deal was brokered by Little Sean's manager, Jimmy Rosemond, better known as Jimmy, Jimmy Henchman. Jimmy Henchman, okay, yeah. Now, yeah. if you would have said Jimmy Rosemond, I would have been like, yeah, I had no idea. Jimmy Henchman, I know the name. So the recording was set to happen on November 30th, 1994, and that night would serve as the flashpoint for the upcoming uh, East Coast-West Coast rivalry war, really, uh, that would go on to dominate hip-hop. Tupac and three others, including rapper Randy Stretch Walker, went to the Quad Recording Studios on 7th Avenue and Times Square. Uh, Lil Cease, Biggie's cousin and frequent collaborator, was, uh, was there in the recording studio, and he yelled down uh, to, to Tupac because he saw him out on the street, he yelled down that Puffy and Biggie were upstairs. And around this time, three men in army fatigues, which was a popular fashion at the time in Brooklyn, where Biggie was from, uh, they approached Tupac and his crew and drew 9mm guns and basically were robbing them. Uh, Tupac tried to draw his own gun, but was shot, beaten, and robbed anyway. 
And so what happened was Tupac played dead until the group left, and then he managed to get in the elevator and ride it up to the studio. And from there, there are multiple sides to the story. Uh, Puffy has claimed that the, gr the group showed Tupac nothing but love and concern, uh, which was ex exact quote, nothing but love and concern. Tupac later said that Biggie, Puffy, and the others look, quote, surprised and guilty. Tupac also cast doubt on the idea that this was a random robbery. Quote, it was like they were mad at me, he said of the shooters. Bill Courtney, a retired NYPD cop, believes that the shooting was a message uh, for Tupac to stop taking shots at Haitian Jack in the press. He's like, you're going to come at me in the press, I'm going to come at you in the street, basically. And to make matters worse, uh, a few days later, a wheelchair-bound wheelchair Tupac was found guilty of sexual abuse and sentenced to a minimum of 18 months in prison, uh, stemming from that Ayanna Jackson case. Mm. Uh, he was held on $3 million bail pending appeal, uh, but he was allowed to spend the next few weeks recovering at the home of his then-girlfriend, actress Jasmine Guy. Was she from a different world? Yes, she was. Okay. Yeah. I remember the name. Yeah, I think, and I think before this was when he was dating Madonna for a little bit, and that may have been where I think he met Haitian Jack. It may have been through Madonna or somebody that Madonna knew. Okay. Um, and when Tupac was in prison, Me Against the World, his third album, hit number one on the Billboard 200 and went double platinum. Mm. So he's one of the biggest stars in the music world at this point. Uh, and while in jail, Tupac started to suspect that bad, the Bad Boy crew at Quad Studios that night knew more than they were saying. In an interview with Vibe magazine, Tupac accused Biggie, Puffy, Andre Harrell, Jimmy Henchman, and others of orchestrating the ambush at Quad Studios. And so there's already all this tension, and let's throw some gas on the fire. And we're going to go throw some gas on the fire in the form of Who Shot Ya? Uh, a B-side on the 1995 re-release of the Big Papa single. And Tupac and many of his West Coast allies deemed Who Shot Ya as an admission that Biggie and Puffy were complacent in the Tupac shooting. And uh, Biggie and Tupac, for their part, said it had nothing to do with that shooting, that they had recorded the track before it even happened. Right. So again, two sides to the story. Yeah. And the embers of the coastal rap wars were stoked by Suge Knight taking shots at Puffy at the 1995 Source Awards in New York. Uh, based, I think he was saying, like, if you want to have management that's not going to dance all over your video, come to Death Row or something like that. That's what he said, yeah. Yeah, uh, basically like a clear shot of Puffy. Mm -hmm. And then uh, later on, uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop are getting an award and they get booed because it's in New York. And he's like, oh, you don't like you don't love us, you know. And so it's the whole thing is, is kind of just building and building and building. Soon after, Big Jake Robles, Robles uh, a friend of Suge Knight's, was shot and killed after an Atlanta birthday party for Jermaine Dupri. Uh, Knight blamed Puffy. Puffy denied involvement. Uh, that fall, Suge Knight and Death Row posted a $1.4 million bond to get Tupac out of prison, coupling it with Tupac signing with Death Row, and they even sent a limo to the Clinton Correctional Facility to get Tupac out of jail. So he got out of jail on a limo. I, I, rem I remember all of this. Except, you know, maybe the uh, Big Jake Robles. Like, I don't remember that happening, but... I remember um, uh, them you know, posting the bond and mm -hmm. him getting out in the. Uh, I remember two two big uh, limo things. I, remember, I know the other one. <laughs> I know the other one you're going to say. Yep. Well, it has nothing to do with this. It has to do no. with a member of uh, Wu Tang, I believe. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Old Dirty Bastard going to fucking, was it McDonald's? No, he was. No, he went he to went go cash shit. his welfare yeah. check. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he would cash his welfare check and a fucking and a limo. limo. Yeah. What a crazy person. 
Anyway. Uh, so, so yeah, they get they get Tupac out of jail, and Tupac came out of prison swinging. Um, very soon after he releases uh, "Hit 'Em Up," a very infamous diss track, uh, still regarded as a uh, perfect example of that art form. And he also talks about when Biggie used to sleep on his couch. Yeah, and I uh, uh, the but "Hit 'Em Up" tears into several East Coast acts, Biggie especially. Uh, most notably contained in the accusation that Tupac had an intimate relationship, we'll say, uh, with Faith, Evan- Faith Evans, Biggie's then estranged wife. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the the feud is... That's why I effed your wife, you fat mother F-word. That's why I F- found F- your wife, you F- fat or, or is it found, mother flounder. Or, or did he find your... Did, was it wife or girl? I don't remember. That's why... Yeah, but or, it, or did he say B word? <gasps> I don't know. Maybe he did. Dastardly. It's the worst thing that Tupac ever did. Well, it could have been actually. At, at the end of 1995, Death Row Act, the Dog Pound, was recording a video for their song "New York, New York," which utilized a beat used by Biggie in a Saint Ides commercial. Uh so corrupt from the Dog Pound. Uh, I went to school with his sister. Okay. She, uh, he was from, he's from like, it says, it'll say he's from, uh, corrupts from Philly, mm-hmm. but I believe, uh, his sister Stacy, um, went to, uh, Academy Park. Well, I mean, I know she went to Academy Park. Maybe she went to school with her and that's where he went to school. I'm pretty sure he went to Academy Park. I, I always heard he did. I wasn't, I, Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, Biggie took to Hot 97, uh, which is, if you're not familiar... So so Corrupt and the ECW referee. Yeah, Mike Keener. <laughs> Mike Keener yeah. went to the same high school. Uh, and in uh, that town, that was also the hometown of uh, Burt Cooper. Boxing, we'll play into this story in a little bit, but Burt Cooper was the first heavyweight to knock down a Vander Holyfield. And he, okay. he was from Sharon Hill, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's But right. I think he went to Sharon Hill High School. I think he was pre-Academy Park. Okay. Was it the same school? Uh, Sharon Hill High School was Sharon Hill Elementary School, I believe. Okay. I, yeah, and that was the high school. And then what became the high school that we went to was like a Catholic school. It was like an all-girls Catholic school. Which is, if, if do you remember the... the well, I remember the little church. Yeah. It was the, the gym. The old gym, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's why it looked like a church, because that was a Catholic school at first. Oh, okay. So, um... So Biggie took the Hot 97, which if you don't know what Hot 97 is, I'm surprised you're listening to this. And Hot 97 is a uh, still to this day a very popular rap station in New York. There's Hot 97. Isn't there another big one over there? Like, yeah, I I don't remember. Yeah, Hot 97 is a, and Wild something. I fuck, yeah, no, I have no idea. Like dude. Wild 96 or something like that. But yeah, Hot 97 is the one we're talking about. I think you're just making things up now with numbers. No, I know there... It might, I might not have the numbers right, but I think it's called Wild because I remember there was a, a station in Philly. Well, we had Power 99. Power 99 was a big rap station always. In Philly, yeah. But um, at, 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 there was a point where somebody tried to do a, compet- a competing rap station and it was going to be called Wild 96.5. It was like the point before that. It was like an all 80s station. Okay. And it was, I believe, um, I think that was like Ben FM or something like that. But for a while, it was Wired 96.5 because they couldn't use Wild. Oh. So they started as Wild. They're like, no, you can't do that. So they changed it to Wired. Okay. But anyway, nothing to do with this. That's either here, here or there. there. Where? It's there. Where? In New York. 
in Philly, actually. Philly. Uh, Hot 97 is in New York, and that's we're, where... We're neither here nor there. No. Well, we're here, actually. Yeah, we're here. But we're we are here, there. but we're not there. We're always here. We're always somewhere. I'm always wherever I am. Yeah. Wherever you are, that's where you are. Yeah. So Biggie was on Hot 97 at this point, called in to announce publicly that the Dog Pound uh, and Tupac were in Red Hook filming this video. And uh, Brooklyn stand up, Biggie declared. Not long after, shots were fired at the Dog Pound's trailer. Mm. Um, so we've gone for, on for a while here. Um, no break today, but this is normally where we would probably take a break. Uh, but so far, this episode of Murder, My Dude is sorely lacking murder. There hasn't been a murder yet. That changes. Uh, well, it changes starting on September 7th, 1996, but it takes a few days. Tupac and Suge Knight were in Las Vegas for a heavyweight title fight between Tupac's friend Mike Tyson, whom Tupac had penned the walkout music, and Bruce Selden. Uh, it's funny. Like, when I thought back on this, I always thought for some reason, and obviously the timing doesn't line up, but I always thought this happened during the bite fight, which was a few years later. Okay. The, the Tyson-Hollyfield fight that ended in the DQ. Right. No, this was... Um... <sighs> Wow, this was so... This wasn't too far after Tyson got out of jail. Right. And this was around the time that my friend Michelle got shot. Because I remember, I don't know why, like, you had to be around this time. When did he get out of jail, Tyson? Was this his first fight? No, his first fight was Peter McNeely. I think he got out around 95. Maybe that was... It was 95, 96 when my, when my friend... Michelle got shot. Uh, I, I told you a story about that before, right? So she, um, she's with her friend. I think it was this girl, Jamie, and uh, they went to Michelle's house, and they're inside. And Michelle's dad, Wayne, is arguing with Michelle's mom, and um, Jamie like apparently looks through the um, mail slot on the door. You know how like a lot of doors mm-hmm. have the mail slot on the bottom? Yeah. And um she uh or or mid you know, halfway up the door maybe. Uh and anyways, she she lifts the mail slot and she was looking through it because she hears them arguing. Right. And uh Wayne shoots Michelle and Michelle's mom. Oh jeez. And then she takes off running, uh Jamie. And then um, Wayne like barricaded himself in uh, in a house. I don't know if it was that house or a different house. What it, what it was, but uh, Michelle ended up being in a. She was in a coma for like a month or whatever it was, and then she died. But I remember it was around the time of a Tyson fight, and I, and it was like around the time he got out. So like I said, it was either ninety five or ninety six. But yeah. Wow, yeah. Uh just that that's just where my mind goes. My mind just, you know, going right back to that uh you know, to so I'm guessing it was the year before cuz it was like summer. Yeah, yeah, he I think was fighting like fairly frequently too. Like he was there wasn't a lot of time between fights like there is now. Like he wanted to kind of make up for lost time and right. lost money. Yeah. yeah, this this is the fight on uh September 7th. It's uh it's Mike Tyson and Bruce Selden. Um, and it's a typical Tyson fight for the time. He just kind of ran through them. Uh, and Tupac and Shug were also in Vegas for a post-fight event at Club 662, which was a nightclub that Shug was in the process of opening. 
And I think they were still trying to get the final approval on everything. So they had this big event and just kind of show it off and, and, and seal the deal. Hmm. Infamously, Knight and Tupac got into a fight in the lobby with um, the MGM Grand Casino with Orlando Baby Lane Anderson. Uh, Anderson was a member of the Crips, and uh, it's not sh- it's not sh- known if they knew this or not, but uh, but he had also tried to rob a member of Knight and Tupac's entourage, uh, Trevon Lane, earlier that year. The fight and its breakup by security uh, became an infamous uh, piece of video. Basically, what they said happened was Tupac kind of instigated. He he came up to him and he's like, uh, something about like you from the, are you from the South? Meaning like. The South Side, right, right, right. The Crip Side, uh, and then he said, "Yeah," and he and Tupac punched him, and it started this big brawl. Uh, but afterward, they get escorted out of the building. Tupac and Shug went to the Luxor where they were staying, and they got changed. Uh, Tupac went to touch base, touch base with his girlfriend, Kadada Jones, and who is the daughter of Quincy Jones? Yes, yes, and uh, Rashida Jones' sister. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I love Rashida Jones. And- she is like my fucking like if i think of of crushes mm-hmm. like celebrity crushes right. that i would put at the top of i think you've always been a big fan i think rashida jones might be number one who who now to, just a little sidebar here who do you who who could you see me putting above rashida jones um i don't know yeah, because yeah. I don't know. I know at this time you were really in the Katie Holmes when Dawson's Creek was on. I was that was later. I mean that was ninety eight. Later, yeah, that was ninety eight. Okay, like yeah, um, years later. Also ninety eight. I was really into um, Jennifer Love Hewitt because mm-hmm. uh, I remember being into Jennifer Love Hewitt in ninety in the beginning of ninety or uh, summer of ninety eight. So a few months before Katie Holmes. Um, now, like, looking back, I'm like, what the fuck did I see in Katie Holmes? It was probably the character she was playing on the show. Or yeah, it was like probably that, yeah. it was probably that. It was probably character more than just looks. Um, but but Rashida Jones. Oh, man, I don't know. There's something about it's it's I, I think she's fucking beautiful, but I think it's like the personality and her voice and just every I don't know. Everything about that woman is just she's a fucking goddess. I don't really think that much about women like 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 I don't really call women goddess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't really do that. But for some reason, there's something about Rashida Jones that I'm like, I would cheat on any woman for her, even her. <laughs> you would cheat on her for her. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yes, I would. I don't know how, but That's I. it's not going to make her very happy. No, it wouldn't. No, she'd be upset. So, so this isn't about Rashida, this is about her sister. And uh, so Tupac makes a call to uh, Kadada Jones, and then Tupac and Shug are off to Club 662, and they never get there. Uh, first, Tupac and Shug's vehicle was stopped for playing music too loud and for not having license plates on it. They were actually in the trunk. They didn't have license plates on the car, they were in the trunk. Mm. Uh, then, around 11.15 p.m., uh, while stopped at a red light in front of the Maxim Hotel. They didn't think of doing a thing where you have, like, you press a button and the fucking, yeah. the, like, the, the thing goes up and it, like, retracts or something, the or, like, it flips. Oh, like Did the you ever see those? Plate? Yeah. Like, people, like, 
press a button to fucking license plate flips. You see like that the, like in the like movie. It's like the Batmobile, yeah. Yeah, it's so fucking cool. Or the the the, the closest thing I've seen to that recently is um, there's this thing that's been after with this whole Russia Ukraine thing. There's this clip from The Simpsons that that people have been po- posting lately, and it's something where like the Russian guy in the UN is doing something very like dastardly. And they're like, that's something we would expect from the uh, the Soviet Union. And, and the Russian diplomat laughs and presses a button next to his little placard that says Russia. Mm. And it just flips over and says Soviet Union. Oh, wow. So I say one of those things. Yeah, Simpsons called it. Um, anyway, uh, at 11.15 p.m., I'll stop at a red light in front of the Maxim Hotel. Now, that puts into the point in time. Because Maxim's Day in the Sun didn't last crazy long. And I guess it still exists to a point, but Maxim isn't really a huge deal anymore. Uh, and that hotel is now the West in Las Vegas. Uh, but while while Tupac and Sugar parked, a white Cadillac pulls up to Suge Knight's right. A shooter and uh, in the back rolls down the window and opens fire, hitting Tupac Shakur four times. Uh, one of the two shots hits him in the chest, and uh, one of those uh, or one of the shot four shots, I should say, uh, hits him in the chest with one puncturing his right lung. Knight took a shrapnel wound to the head. Uh, but was able to drive himself and Tupac for about another mile before the car was pulled over again. Tupac remained in a coma for about a week uh, before de- um, before dying on December or September 13th at the age of 25. And uh, yeah, so young. Like, you don't even think of it, but so fucking young. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we'll, we'll get into... Uh... Well, where where we're going next? Yeah, this know? this is all this is all it's leading up to something. It's all together. This is why I say these things are so intertwined, right? Uh, and Yaki Gaddafi, a colleague, another rapper, and eyewitness of Tupac's murder, was killed in New Jersey less than two months later by a friend, Roddy Beal, who claimed the shooting was an accident. But uh, Yaki Yaki Gaddafi sadly doesn't think it was. The next week, Louis Farrakhan, the leader of the Nation of Islam, called for a peace summit at Chicago's Mosque Maryam. The following February, February of 1997, Snoop Dogg and, and Puffy held a joint press conference calling for the end of East Coast, West Coast hostilities, but it didn't really work out that way. Uh, less than a month later, on March 9th, 1997, in Los Angeles, Christopher Wallace, Biggie Smalls, the Notorious B.I.G., whatever name you wish to use, was leaving a party at the home of marketing executive Steve Stout after the Soul Train Awards. Much like Tupac, Biggie's car was stopped at a red light. Uh, this one was at Wilshire Boulevard and South Fairfax Avenue. And at this point, a dark Chevy Impala, a lot of people say black, but there's some people that say it might have been dark green. It was Nobody really knows for sure. But it was a dark Impala pulls up. The driver rolls down his window and fires. Uh, witnesses describe the shooter as dressing like a member of the Nation of Islam would be known to dress. Again, like Tupac, Biggie was hit four times. Uh, and the driver of the SUV carrying Biggie, Gregory G. Money Young, sped off in search of help, as did the car behind him, which Puffy was riding in. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things I watched for this, it was actually the the movie version of one of the books. It's a big source for what we're going to get into here as far as theories on what happened. And uh, you, they have like 911 calls of them calling 911, driving the car and trying to find a hospital. Uh, one of the shots was fatal. Uh, it. it kind of just tore through Biggie, hit him in the colon, the liver, the heart, and the lung. Mm-hmm. And they said, like, like Tupac was in a coma for a few days. Biggie probably died fairly instantly. He, he was probably dead within a few minutes. The two deaths are completely linked. 
and they are officially unsolved. Yeah, they said uh, Biggie soiled himself like pretty much right away. Well, if, yeah, if a bullet's driven through your colon, you're going to lose control of, yeah. of everything. Uh, so yeah, the deaths are completely linked and officially unsolved. And the world will never know. And we'll see you next week with more murder. My dude. No, we're not going to do that. No. I hate that. I hate that unsolved mysteries. Uh, let's explore some of the popular theories. And I, I said that we should have done this like clue. Okay. We should have. We should have given uh, one way that it was. Uh... Well, that's kind of what we're going to do. We're going to go through some competing theories. Okay. All right. So with Tupac and me, you could say yes. It was. Uh, it was little cease. In the observatory with the wrench. But I don't think that was, we know it was in Las Vegas with the gun. But who was it? Is the question. And one of the most popular suspects. You're hitting the name a little too hard, by the way. Lil C's? C's. Lil C's. My bad. Lil C's. It's for Caesar. I got you. Um, one of the most popular suspects in Tupac's case is Orlando Anderson. Uh, the man he punched in the lobby fight earlier that night. Mm hmm. Uh, Anderson was a member of the Crips, uh, the infamous longtime rivals of the Death Row affiliated Bloods. The theory uh, that Orlando Anderson was behind it was championed by Tim Brennan, who had spent about as much time as anyone working the gang beat for the LAPD. Anderson was seen soon after Tupac's killing in Compton, brandishing a Glock. Not that that's evidence of anything, because there's a lot of Glocks in a lot of places. Uh, but formal investigations, inv investigations faltered. And many are in and around Tupac's inner circle refuse to cooperate. Uh, here's a name that's going to come up a lot in the in the next part of this episode. Retired LAPD detective Greg Kading, uh, who wrote the book Murder Rap about the Biggie and Tupac killings, one-upped it. Um, he said he had... Um, oh, Keefe D. Yeah, he had spoken with Dwayne Keefe D. Davis, who told him that not only had Anderson, who was uh, Keefe D.'s nephew, uh, shot Tupac, but the Davis said he was one of the other three men in the car when he did it. Mm -hmm. um, now, the people that, that don't believe this series say, yeah, Keefe D was trying to get a plea deal and he was going to tell cops whatever they wanted to hear. So this might not be the truth. So take it with a grain of salt. Uh, but he he confessed to Greg Kading uh, that Keefe D, or Keefe D confessed that he was basically in the car and they didn't know which side they were going to come up. On Biggie and Tupac, uh, on uh, not Biggie and Tupac, uh, Tupac and Suge, but they came up on the side that uh, that Orlando Anderson was on, so he did the shooting. And if they would have come up on the other side, the Keefe D himself would have done the shooting. Mm. Uh, Davis's story, told through Kading, is that Puffy had paid Davis or Keefe D one million dollars to have Tupac and Suge Knight killed. L.A. Times reporter Chuck Phillips arrived at the same conclusion. But a different person actually approaching Keefe D with the offer. He said that Biggie Smalls put up the million dollars to have Tupac and Suge Knight killed. Anderson denied the allegations and sued De Orlando Anderson, uh, denied the allegations and sued Death Row for damages relating to the assault at the uh, the MGM Grand. Afini Shakur, Tupac's mother, in turn sued Anderson for the wrongful death of her son. So, and these are like bang bang one after the other. He sues Death Row, she sues him. And uh, both of those cases, uh, civil cases, were settled just before Anderson himself was killed in a shootout on May 29th, 1998. Another theory put the blame on Suge Knight himself, something Knight has vehemently denied. Uh, and there's not really a whole lot of evidence that, um, that Suge Knight had, had Tupac killed. 
Uh, he was in the car. He took collateral damage himself. Uh, would have been a dangerous setup. Um, the, people would say they say like, "Oh, Tupac was ready to leave Death Row," and so like, if you're not going to stay with us, we're going to have you killed, basically. And one of the things I saw was even like, we still he was still out on bail. Like when he died, Tupac was still out on bail for the uh, sexual assault charge. And it's like, if we wanted to keep Tupac under control, we could have just pulled the bail and put him back in jail. Not that he, I mean, would have maybe probably had the money to, to swing something to get out anyway, but most people don't really think that, that, that Suge had Tupac killed. Right. Uh, a spinoff theory of that says that Sharitha Golden, Suge Knight's ex-wife and uh, an ex-Death Row security head, Reggie Wright Jr., organized the attack as a hit on Knight so that Sharitha Golden could gain control of the company. And uh, Sharitha Golden denied this to TMZ. She basically said, for what reason? This ridiculous theory that I had to get half of Death Row. I already had half of Death Row, America. When Tupac died, what did Death Row become after that? Zero, nothing, a downfall. Well, exactly. I mean, that that's what, like, we were talking to uh, someone the other day, and he was saying, oh, I think Suge did it. And, and I, I think that when people don't, they don't really put things together. They just... I think that they try to go for the most wild theory yeah. sometimes. And it's like, like it is a game of clue. Yeah. Stop and, and sit there and really think about it and, and think of what she's saying. You think that they didn't think that through. That's right. your cash cow. Mm -hmm. You don't kill the goose that lay the gold egg. Right. Tupac. Once he goes, he fucking goes. What happened to bad boy after Biggie? It. What happened to bad? What it, happened I mean, to bad boy? Still around, but it's nothing like it used to be. Right. Like, I think t I think Machine Gun Kelly might still be on Bad Boy. I'm not sure about that. Is he? I think he may be. Yeah. I never knew he was. Or he may have been on there for a point when he was maybe doing more of the rap. Stuff. I had no idea he, he had anything to do with Bad Boy. I had no friggin' idea. Um, nothing like they they weren't big after after Biggie died. Right. He, who, who was probably still doing well for himself, but he diversified. But I'm talking about I'm talking about big rappers. Yeah. What happened to Mace? What happened to Lil C's and Lil Kim? Lil Kim is probably the biggest you had. Yeah. Uh, who, who, who else did you have? Shine and then Shine went to prison. Um, and then Shine came back and he Shine. If you don't know Shine, he sounded like Biggie. He rhymed like Biggie. And then he goes to jail and he comes back and is. That's how he sounded when he started rapping. And it was like, what the fuck happened to this guy? Shampoo. Like that's that's mm -hmm. literally how he was rap. Like how he would talk. Shampoo. It's like what? What? Are, why? Why are yeah. you saying this? Yeah, this whole thing kind of does create a void in rap, and then it's really aftermath and Interscope that kind of scoop up everything. Because Dre Dre comes back, and then Eminem hits it big, and then other other things too. Like Master P was big for a while. You had right. Like you had other people come in to fill the void, but yeah, it wasn't Death Row and it wasn't Bad Boy. Yeah, there there was um yeah, Master P with uh No, no Limit, Limit and yeah. then you had um oh what the hell's the other one? I'm trying to remember, uh like Birdman and all that. I think they were they with No Limit? I don't remember. You you really haven't hit my uh yeah. area of expertise. Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to remember was Cash that Lil Wayne was what, Cash Money? But that was later. Cash Money, that's it. That's okay. the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cash money. Yeah, because there was no limit and there's cash money, like, you know, the, the southern things and like and that's 
you know, I mean, Lil Wayne's still been, yeah, he's still, you know, prevalent since then. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, him, Jay Z, Eminem, yeah, Kanye, yeah, you had Kanye wasn't around then. Kanye came later, yeah, but a bit later, yeah. but uh, uh, Dre still, uh, you know, I mean, there, there's only a handful of people that have that you still know from twenty plus years ago. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Once, once, uh, once uh, Dre started Aftermath, then. Yeah, Death Row was DOA at that point, and, yeah. and Bad Boy wasn't that far ahead of them. Uh, but of course, there's also that rumor, uh, those theories that Tupac faked his death. Like there is right. with every musician that dies. Yeah. Uh, and these theories are present in the death of Biggie Smalls, but in his case, they seem to be less widespread. Uh, there is that idea of interlabel betrayal that Puffy had Biggie killed, but again, why would he do that? Uh, probably not the case. Uh, the two main theories surrounding Biggie's death. Uh, well, well, there was like, there's this uh, one of one of Puffy's old um, bodyguards, Gene Deal. Uh, Gene has um, uh, he's he has his own channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of these guys that thinks that um, Lil C's not maybe he's not set him up, but knew something, and okay. uh, there's there's a lot of speculation, a lot of um. Yeah, because they're like Puffy and maybe Lil C's too. Maybe they said that like they thought they had the security locked down and maybe it wasn't as tight as they, they thought it was and maybe they knew that. But yeah, like again, these are just speculation. Everything's speculation. There's nothing official. Like, yeah, we can't say it was definitely this person. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's, it's, I don't know, man. But the two main theories surrounding Biggie's death, both are basically saying the same thing, but in a different manner that Suge Knight paid to have him killed. Yeah, I think that, I think it's worth taking a listen to Gene Deal, yeah, um, and, and checking out his accounts of of, like, of what he knows, and listening to Little C's and listening to all the bickering in between. Because I mean, look, uh, Biggie rapped about beef, right? Mm-hmm. Biggie, Biggie, you know what's beef, uh, and and just to like listen to all the drama is always drama to me i love it i love all that shit it's like wrestling there, there's like w- when why why i'm a uh, a wrestling fan isn't just because of guys wrestling in the ring it's all the drama behind the scenes too you know it's the road stories it's the drama it's the, it's it's everything you know it's it's a whole package thing like some people like wrestling just for what's happening in the ring and some people are like nah dude i like the tape trading and and going to the events and the t-shirts and you know like i said the stories all that stuff same thing with hip-hop it's like you could just like the music or you could like the music and then all the drama that comes with it um so long as i'm not involved you know you can sit back and eat popcorn and and listen to it and i think that that's you know, listening to to people like Gene Deal talk about it, and and listening to all these different uh, interviews on Vlad TV, it's super fucking interesting, man. Mm-hmm. It's super super interesting. And, and the two main theories surrounding Biggie's death do involve Suge Knight. The first one, probably the more popular one, involves Knight and a bunch of corrupt LAPD cops, mm-hmm. uh, and a trigger man named Amir Muhammad, uh, who was a real estate guy. Um, but real- in, in in like Georgia now. Oh, he is now. Yeah, now. Yeah, now. it's fast forwarding to the end of the story. Uh, Amir Muhammad is also known, was also known, and is now known again as Harry Billups. Right. Yeah. And um, 
And this is a case that FBI, retired FBI agent Phil Carson, who worked on the Biggie murder for two years, called, quote, the biggest miscarriage of justice in my 20-year career in the FBI. Uh, in this theory, Suge Knight is said to have contract, contracted out the hit to David Mack, a former college track star who worked in the LAPD Rampart Division. And Mack was a longtime friend of Muhammad, or Billups, whatever you want to call him. And he was said to be one of the many in the Rampart Division who would also do a side job working security for death row. Uh, former LAPD detective Russell Poole has made efforts to push the theory that Mac, working for Knight, orchestrated the hit, and that Puffy was a target as well, but he was able to get away. Mm -hmm. uh, Gecko 9mm armor-piercing ammo was found in Mac's home. An informant picked Muhammad's photo out of an array and uh, identified him as the shooter. Although that informant also uh, later testified that he was a paranoid schizophrenic and that the ID was fraudulent. Um, um, there was uh, also a thing too about like how like there were only two places to buy this this ammo, but I saw something else that said that wasn't true. I think even Gene uh, Gene Deal Deal. I think he even pointed at, at uh, Harry Billups, but uh, Billups was a cop, and one of Billups' old uh, I guess friends, uh, dude was like his best man or something like that, like. They or he was like at his wedding or something like they were friends. I think it's David Mack. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's not not David Mack. There's somebody else. Uh, it was this this white guy. Um, who who was he had he was like doing his podcast and he was talking about it and he was like he um he would he would keep in contact with Billups like they would text every once in a while and here somehow he ended up like googling. Billups name or something like that. Some somehow he did like a search for or whatever, and he sees this thing, and it's like this tie with the Biggie death, and he was like, "What the fuck?" Oh wow, because he didn't know. Yeah, he had no idea, and he's like, and then he like start. I guess I don't know if he talked to him or whatever. And he's like, "There's no fucking way. There's just no way that this." Um, that this would have, and then he talked to to him, and he goes, and uh, apparently Billups is like, man, the the guy they they killed him is dead. He's been dead for a mm -hmm. while, and he uh, may be the guy we're going to talk about in the next part of this mm -hmm. here. Uh, the LAPD seemed to stifle any attempt at pushing forward with a formal investigation, and Valetta Wallace, Biggie's mother, uh, sued for wrongful death. The case was thrown out, refiled, and later dismissed. And it was dismissed largely through the work of a guy we talked about earlier, Greg Kading. Uh, Kading was a, an LAPD officer, and he, once this wrongful death suit was filed again, it's around like 2010, 2011, I think, uh, the LAPD goes to Kading and is basically like, get enough evidence to make this go away. Because uh, they're alleging David Mack and LAPD officers were involved in orchestrating the uh, the killing uh, and, and putting the hit out on Biggie. Uh, so Katie, uh, Kading drew the conclusion that Suge Knight masterminded the killing, but he got there through a different avenue. Uh, at the time Biggie was killed, Suge Knight was in jail. Uh, he was in the county jail when Biggie was shot, so Kading tried to find the intermediary that Knight was using to... Yeah, it was a woman. ...relay it. And, uh, yeah, the, na his name, the woman's name was not released, uh, but Kading uh, determined that the intermedi intermediary is one of uh, Knight's girlfriends. Like, they basically gave her a Jane Doe-type name, but it yeah. wasn't Jane Doe. right. Uh, her name has been redacted from the official investigation records. Uh, this informant said that Knight enlisted her as a go-between to get Wardell Pucci Faust, also known as Darnell Bolton, 
a member of the Mob Pirus or Pirus. I don't know how to say that. Uh, which is kind of like an affiliate of the Bloods. Yeah. Um, to to kill Biggie, uh, former Death Row security chief Reggie White Jr. I actually watched him do an interview on Vlad TV about this, and Death Row associate Mob James McDonald have both identified Poochie Faust as Biggie's killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, it seems unlikely that we'll ever see an arrest in either crime. Uh, Greg Cading's efforts to pursue the investigation ended after he gathered enough evidence to make Valletta's, Wall- Valletta Wallace's civil suit go away, and then the LAPD basically had him kind of stop. Yeah, a lot of people think that Poochie is uh, the one. Yeah. Um, and apparently what they did with this woman, this informant, to kind of, they're like, look, we have this confession. And I think they used the name Darnell Bolton because everybody knew that was another, like, alias for him. And they're like, yeah, we have this signed confession. Uh, let us know what we got wrong. She's like, no, this is all right. And it's like, this was just a made-up confession. He never confessed to this. Um, Greg Kading was removed from his post to an internal affairs investigation. No one was ever picked to replace him on the task force for the Biggie murder. He was cleared to return a robbery homicide. But efforts to for- further explore Biggie's death were squashed, and he was kind of he kind of quietly retired and became a private investigator. And it's likely that many of the possible culprits met harsh ends themselves. It seems like it is fairly likely, or at least a, a strong possibility, that Orlando Anderson did shoot Tupac. Um, he was killed. Uh, Poochie Faust was also murdered. He was shot in the back while riding a motorcycle in July 2003. Right. So they're saying, like, the guy that killed Biggie died. If it was him, well, that, yeah, that's he died. and that's what Harry Bills was saying. He, yeah. he he said about Tupac's killer and Biggie's killer, yeah. both of them being dead. Yeah. In December of 1997, not long after the Biggie murder, David Mack was arrested yeah. in connection to a bank robbery that August, where he and uh, a Bank of America employee he was in a relationship with, 19-year-old Erlen Romero were caught robbing the bank's vault of $722,000. Yeah. And it, it emerged that uh, an incident where Mac, before all this happened in like the late 80s, early 90s, I think it was around like 92, David Mack won the LAPD Medal for Heroism for shooting a drug dealer who was supposed to be threatening his partner, Ray Perez. But it turned out that they, uh, they planted the gun on the guy and he wasn't threatening his partner. Oh, jeez. Um, and, and Mac, for that robbery, the Bank of America robbery, was sentenced to over 14 years in prison. I think he wound up doing like 11 or 12. And then he got out. The stolen money was never found. Uh, Amir Muhammad is now Harry Billups again. He's working as a realtor in Georgia. Yeah, as we'd say, I, see, because you'd said uh, real, like he was a realtor. Uh, you didn't, I, I figured. You I think would've... he may have dabbled in real estate even back then. I don't think he was a cop. From what I read, maybe I read it wrong. Harry Billups? Yeah. Pretty sure he was. I, I, yeah, I may have read everything wrong. Uh, Suge Knight uh, crashed his car into two men on January 29th, 2015, after they had allegedly argued on the set of the Straight Outta Compton movie. One of them, heavyweight records founder Terry Carter, died of his injuries. I, I could be wrong about Harry Billups being a, uh, uh, a, a... I could be wrong about him being a cop, but I'm from what I remember i'm just going by what i read putting this all together but yeah i could be wrong too right uh terry carter was killed when suge knight ran him down in early 2015 uh after initially claiming self-defense knight pleaded guilty in 2018 of voluntary manslaughter in the attack and he is still incarcerated for that and he's not eligible for parole until october of 2034 oh, that's good ownership of death row records left knight's control in 2006 when it and Knight himself filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy, uh, setting millions and millions of dollars in debt, 
By 2019, a series of mergers and acquisitions led to Hasbro owning the rights to the company. That's so funny. I know. Hasbro, a toy company owning Death Row Records. And, uh, but they did very recently and very publicly uh, trade, or not trade, but they sold the trademarks for Death Row Records to Snoop Dogg. Uh, the catalog is still very much up in the air who owns all that, but as far as who owns the rights to the name Death Row Records, it's now Snoop Dogg. Um, Sean Combs has undergone, as we mentioned, a series of name changes over the years. Uh, he's as emerged as unscathed as anyone in this, besides probably like Dre. And Dre's like a very minor character in this story. Um, but, uh, bad boy, not what he used to be, but Sean Combs is still doing pretty well for himself. And yeah, that's where we're at. That is the story of uh, of Biggie and Tupac. Yeah, there's, you know, and you could, yeah, this is just a, this is one of those things where like there have literally been entire series like an entire mini series of podcasts about i think like five six episodes seven episode series so this is just very much a um brief a brief history of yeah um you're getting like the cliff notes or the uh i think that there's like a different name that they have now the spark I, notes that's a, i know it's a competing thing maybe that's what it was spark notes is like cliff notes but just a different brand cliff notes is like a brand right but i think that it's going to be one of those things where like band-aid became like Mm -hmm. it's it's just one of those things that everybody uses so like they kind of can't really claim yeah it becomes generic as yeah. they say which is why the google will always want you to say search for instead of googling something because if it, if to google becomes commonplace like that then they lose the copyright to google oh yeah. like to, xerox is always fought against that to blave what's that <laughs> remember that to blave was it like from fucking um, Princess Bride, you know what I'm talking about? No, no, okay, okay. You're not very cultured then. And I love the Princess Bride. I just don't remember the specific line you're talking about. Uh, maybe it wasn't. Yeah, I think it was uh, Princess Bride. Okay, but anyway, that's that story. Which means there's only one thing left to do. As much as you don't want to do it today, and it's not taking a nap. I know you like that. He loves napping. It's time for another game of Who Died the Worst. That's right, everybody. It's time for your favorite game and mine, and even Napping Jackson Wells' favorite game. The only thing he loves more than this game is napping itself. It's who died the worst. It's not who died the funniest. It's not who died the first. The name of the game is who died the worst. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give Jackson Wells over That's here me. three deaths. Yep. He's going to tell me which of these three people died the worst. The Blave? Or not the Blave? That is the question. Do you really not remember that? I don't. Miracle Max? I do remember Miracle Max. Yeah. So he says to Blave? You don't remember that, that part I don't remember. Yeah. He says to Blave. Of all the things I should remember in the movie, to Blave is probably the one I should have remembered and I didn't. Because it's it's a fucking thing that he says that everybody quotes. I missed it. I, I missed, you didn't I miss it. it. Did you watch the movie? I did. Then you didn't miss it. Huh. it it's yeah, it's right up there. It's it's as commonly quoted as you killed my father, prepare to die, and Who said that who said that it was? I'm making a joke. That's not a joke. It sounds like you're mocking me. Well, it's part sounds, of the it sounds like you're being an asshole. That's what it sounds like. 
There might be a little tinge of that in the joke. But where's the joke? That it's not really a very commonly referenced part of the movie? Yes, it is. It could be. It I just is. didn't remember. You're it. wrong. You're an asshole. So I'm gonna give I don't play this game anymore. I don't want to play well, it. Well, I get to pick the winner then. Yeah, you 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 fucking pick it, asshole. So death number one is no, it's not. It's not the winner. It's probably not gonna be. It's um, not. But uh in fitting with the theme for the show today, uh these are some famous musical deaths. And uh the first one is somebody that if you're into classic rock music, you you most likely know this story. Only a Sicilian! That I know. Oh, you know that, but you don't know to blave? I don't. I don't know to blave. You're fucking lying. I, yes, I'm lying. You're. I know. I know. Yes. Because everybody knows to blave. It, it's all part of a master conspiracy to to anger you about me not knowing to blave. Because everybody knows to blave. Everybody. If you've watched a movie more than once. And I've watched it probably three times. In your life. You've only watched it three times. I don't think it's been much more than that. I love the movie. I'm not a big movie rewatcher. You're a fucking weirdo. You're a fucking weirdo. Okay, go ahead. All right, let's 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 play this fucking stupid game that I hate of yours. Let's do it. I'm trying. But you know fucking Mowledge. You know that? Oh, I, I know. Yeah. Uh, you know Mowledge. Yeah, Mowledge. I know, I know that. I know... Um, to Blave. To Blave. No, I don't know To Blave. Mm. I know I was only mostly dead. I know, um, what else do I know? I know... Wait. The Dread Pirate Roberts. I know... It's not like I forgot Miracle Max was a character. I just forgot that one line. Mm-hmm. Okay, so our our first death here. Mm-hmm. We can get back on track. Mm. Uh, very famous death, and that is the death of Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes? Uh, a very famous member of Ozzy Osbourne's uh, crew. And do you know how he died? Offhand? Fuck no. So the a uh, bus. It did have something to do with a bus. Uh, Randy Rhodes was part of the uh, the crew that was on a bus on its way to play a show in Orlando, Florida, but they stopped in Leesburg, Florida, for repairs uh, because there were some issues with the bus's air conditioning. And while the bus was being repaired, the uh, the bus driver uh, Andrew Acock and a few other people. Yeah, this sounds were- familiar. Uh, decided, hey, it would be funny to go get a plane out of this nearby airfield because Andrew Acock was also a uh, an ex-commercial pilot. And so they get in the plane. It's Andrew, it's Randy Rhodes, and uh, Rachel Youngblood, who was a makeup artist. They all get in this plane, and they decide they're going to buzz... Sister the- of Jay Youngblood. And Mark Youngblood. Right. Actually not, because that wasn't their real name. Oh. And they weren't really Native American. They were Mexican. Um, Which is Native American. Well, yeah, but they weren't like that. They weren't. But, they, but don't they, 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 they didn't, they, look. I think if you're going to say that they weren't really Native American and they were fucking, they weren't raised Italian? in a Native American tribe. Yeah, but I mean, they were raised. That wasn't the culture they were raised in. But it's still the same culture ish. It's Native. It's the same shit. But if if you're fucking, uh, who's the who's the uh, Iron Eyes Cody? Mm-hmm. Or Chief J. Strongbow, if you want to stick with rest. Oh, there you go. Chief J. Strongbow. I was trying to remember which one wasn't... Uh... Yeah, he was really Italian. He was Joe Scarpa. That's or, right. Or Billy White Wolf, who was Iranian. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, none of this has anything to do with Randy Rhodes. Uh, just because Rachel Youngblood was on the plane, too. 
Yeah. Uh, so the I, I, uh, I get it. I get it. The plane. Con- you hate wrestling. The plane containing Randy Rhodes buzzed the tour bus. Like try, try to fly over it and make it rattle just from being so close to it. Uh, but one of the wings clipped the top of the bus, and the plane lost control and went right into a garage, killing everyone instantly. No, I didn't know about that. Yeah. So that's death number one. Death number one is you're on a plane, you're trying to play a prank on the people in the bus, you try to buzz a tour bus, you get a little too close, and the plane crashes. Huh. That's death number one. Death number two is uh, English multi-instrumentalist Steve Peregrine Took, uh, who was um, a fringe mus- rock musician in the 60s, uh, also like many rock musicians in the 60s, quite fond of the drugs. Was he a part of a band? Uh, he, he, I think he was affiliated with a band called like T-Rex. That oh, was T-Rex. Big, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't, don't you remember from Baby Driver when they, when they, he says Trex? Yeah. And she's like T-Rex. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that, I do remember that now. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's the to blave of that movie. Everybody that's seen Baby Driver remembers it. Um, so anyway. You want to get punched in the fucking face, don't you? You take your blaving seriously. I, I, I about to fucking blade you. That's different. I'm going to fucking slice, I'm gonna slice you. So what happens with... How do you not remember the fucking T-Rex uh, part? Wasn't there another T-Rex too? Wasn't there... Aren't there two T-Rexes? That sounds familiar. I think there may have been like a 60s T-Rex and then like in a... An 80s T-Rex. This would have probably been the 60s one. Well, obviously. This man died in the 70s. And how did he die? How did he die, pray tell? A T-Rex. He died, actually he died in 1980. He and his girlfriend were, um, they were injecting morphine, but that's not how he died. He asphyxiated. He choked to death uh, because he was drinking a cocktail. His cocktail had a cherry in it, and he accidentally inhaled the cherry whole. And it was lodged in his throat and killed him. So death number two is drinking a cocktail with a cherry in it. You inhale the cherry, it lodges in your throat, and you choke to death. Death number three um, is singer-songwriter Kirsty McCall. I'm sorry, and what was this guy's name? His name was Steve Took. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Mark, because I know the name Mark Bolin, mm-hmm. and he died in 77. Okay. And he was um, part of T-Rex. Did and he die in an interesting way? Probably fucking drugs. Yeah. That's not very interesting. Let's this see. guy this let's guy see. was let's, on fucking drugs, his, uh... and he choked on a cherry. That makes it, that makes it who died the worst worthy. There's a twinge of irony. No, it was a it seemed like it was a car accident. That's that's whatever. Yeah, car struck a fence post. So our, our final death here is also a, a vehicular accident, but it's not gonna be a car accident. It's not even gonna take place on land. Uh Kirsty McCall. Uh may, many people may rem- remember her but, most. But uh hold on, hold on. But but this T Rex, they were uh part of like uh they were the pioneers of glam rock. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it it is the same T Rex with uh, the Took guy that that died. Wow, they just didn't have any fucking 
luck with uh, Mark Boland dying in 77 and Took dying in 80. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. So uh, Kirsty McCall was, um, she's the singer that does a duet with Shane McGowan in that, oh, we have another. Yeah, there's another one. Breaking news. In 81. Oh, my God. Shut the fuck up. You're really fucking annoying, dude. You're really being annoying. This what? is fucking like these are people die. We're talking. It's a show about death, and I'm telling you about fucking death. Oh, oh my god! Like, don't be fucking annoying. Jesus Christ, man! You're lucky I do this fucking show with you. You don't pay me enough. I don't pay you anything. No, it's fucking. It's a wonder I even do this at all. Jesus Christ! I'm looking at all these fucking people that died. One died in 2003. One died in 2004. That's fine. Because you're old as shit, but... I think if the uh, moral of the story of this whole episode is don't get into the music industry. You'll die young, or you have a very good chance of it. So what's this 81 thing? No, that was... One died in 77, one died in 80, and one died in 81. I mean, that's fucking... Usually with a band like that, with uh, those, those older, like, 60s and 70s bands, you got one guy. Yeah, like your Keith Moon or your right, yeah, John Bonham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have Usually, it's a drummer, apparently. Yeah, yeah, you, you got one, but this fucking band, they're like, nah, we're, we got three. Fuck you, we're topping. All right, so who? All right, where are we at now? Was this lady uh, Kirsty McCall? Yeah, she is probably most famous, at least in the United States, for being the singer on the Pogues Christmas song, that fairy tale of New York song. I don't know it. Um. Man, it's it's a pretty famous Christmas song. Uh, she's also did her own things too, but uh, she was on vacation in Cozumel, Mexico, and uh, with her partner, with her two sons, and so they were um, diving. They were doing some diving, and it was in an area that was designated just for diving. But that didn't stop somebody. Uh, in fact, this somebody is. Um, uh, Sen Yam was his name, C-E-N-Y-A-M. He rode a speedboat through this designated diving area, hitting Christy McCall, or Kirsty McCall, sorry, and killing her instantly. Oh, Jesus. So that's death number three. So to reset the table, death number one is you get on a plane, we're going to fly over the bus, but we accidentally hit the bus and crash. Death number two is uh, you're having some fun, you're shooting up some morphine, and you're drinking a cocktail, but you swallow the cherry in your cocktail whole and you choke to death. And then death number three is you are doing some diving with your family. A speedboat comes through your diving area and you get whacked by the speedboat. So I ask you, Jackson Wells, who died the worst? <coughs> okay. Uh, so if you want to do who deserved it the most... Or who deserved it the least? Isn't that usually how it works? Because no, 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 no. You okay. you eliminate by. Oh, okay. So I eliminate by yeah. by who is the fucking bigger idiot. Yeah. Uh, and well, if in that, that case, I think this one's pretty clear. If that's the, well, you got one or two. I mean, two is doing fucking morphine, and then we. Well, yeah, I I think if your criteria is who deserved their, who was the least culpable in their death. I think the the winner is pretty obvious. I I don't. Okay, well let's let's walk through your process then. I mean, I'm going to guess you're by the way you're saying it, you're going with one would be 
uh, the one that if if you're if going by my criteria, mm-hmm. you would probably think that one would be the one that wins. No, really, really. Why is that? I would think three would win by that criteria. Because one, nobody made him get in that plane. Oh no, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, not not wins, but uh, going by process of elimination. Okay, yeah, yeah. Two would be the first one out because, yeah, you're 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 on you're doing drugs. You're 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 playing with fire. Uh, and two then, would be the first one out. Yeah. Oh or, no. Or one. One would be the. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously one and two would be out, and then oh, three would be your winner. Right. Um, and with that said. I'm really trying to play this with what is actually the worst way of dying. <coughs> and I think it may actually be two. Yeah. The only thing that's in his favor is if he's really that hard on drugs, he might not really be feeling a whole lot, but who knows? You're still choking. Cause you're yeah, choking. And yeah, the other two are fairly that, instant. panic. Yeah. The other two are fairly instant. And there's a panic in two. Yes. And that's why if there is indeed a panic and his guy doesn't just like immediately fucking go into some dream state, then I'm going to think two is the worst. Okay. Yeah. Because is that your decision? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be right, be- because we well, you got to do a little recap here uh, because one. Yeah. You, 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 you crash. Was it a crash into a barn? Yeah, yeah. They clipped the uh, the top of the bus. The and bus and they crashed into, crash into a barn. It's probably death on fucking impact. Yeah, they believe so. Yeah. Two, you get whacked with a fucking boat. That's quit. You know that that's yeah. Boom, you're out. You're fucking. That's great. Would fucking die by the way. Hit by getting hit by a get, boat. Hit by any hitting. Hit. Get, getting hit by anything. Getting knocked out. I was thinking about that. Like if I die, I want it to be. Like that, I want it to be like a fucking like crash or something where I'm like out instantly. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want my head cut off. I want my fucking. I want. I want to be like. I want to be hitting the back of the head with a baseball bat. Yeah, maybe like a comet falls on you while you're asleep. That's perfect. Like you're you didn't see it coming because you're sleeping, and then by the time you realize what's happening, you're gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems like it might be a good way to go. Like a nuke hits us. Well, it could happen. I just want, like, all my kids with me when, you know, if it happens. You want all your kids to be hit with a nuke, too. Well, yeah, I'm saying if it happens, I want all my kids. To die. Yeah. With me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... That way, I don't have to go on without my kids. My kids don't have to go on without me. Well, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be going in this scenario. You wouldn't be going on without. You just wouldn't be going on. It's just who who does get to go on is the question. Oh no, nobody, nobody should. Fuck that. Um, but but especially uh, going out, I want to go out where I'm not fucking dying for like twenty minutes. I just think about that shit. Like, like, what if you fucking, what happens if you choke and like, or like you have that thing Like, we had a friend die. It uh, was like a pulmonary, pulmonary embolism. embolism. Mm-hmm. Like 
and this person's fucking choking and all this shit. And then what happens? You slowly start to lose consciousness, but you know what's going on. Yeah, it's terrifying. I mean, I hope, I hope that it's like it puts you in a fucking dream state and you're not. Well, they say eventually your brain starts to release chemicals and you start to like. Eventually. Trip. Yeah. Eventually. But getting yeah, to that yeah. point is bad. Right. Yeah. Like how long is eventually? Is it five minutes? Is it 10 minutes? Like. And how long is that time? Relatively speaking, how long does it feel like? Because they say when you dream, the dream can feel like it's lasted forever, but it's not really lasting that long in actual real time. Like as far as your brain pattern. Yeah, but I like mean, a dream can feel like it's forever, and it's right, like it was ten seconds. But I don't give a shit about if I fucking dream. If I'm if I'm dying and I'm in a dream state, I'm in a dream state. I don't I don't know what the fuck is happening. Right. But I don't want to know what the fuck is happening and be like, I don't want I I don't want to be in in a fucking thing where I don't want to be in a, in a state where I'm like, I can't breathe. Yeah. Like like my heart isn't working. Oh shit! I could still hear and and fucking because yeah, they do say the hearing is the last thing to go, which seems especially cruel. It's really cruel. It's really fucking cruel. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? That is such a fucking cruel fucking thing. Nah, that's probably going to be the way I go, right? Yeah, that's probably going to be the way I fucking go. The most, the slowest, most painful fucking th- shit. Where I, I I end up breaking world records. <laughs> the slowest, most painful death ever. Jackson Wells. Yeah. Like I win an award. Like I still get to hear for like 45 minutes after I'm dead. The doctor's going, I can't believe it's taking this long. That's all you hear. Well, no, I mean, I'll be dead, but like. No, you'll still hear it though. Yeah, I'll still hear it. Well, they, they could still do brain function tests and because they do that they they i've been seeing a lot of that uh lately where they um they are are seeing all these scans and it's like i don't know how the fuck they know it's like how they know that life flashes before your eyes well how the fuck did they know did they bring did they quickly bring them back well i think it's people had like what they say like the mdes near-death experiences and that's what they've said what are you th- basing that on? I I always thought that's what it was. No, it's a new thing that I'm talking about with, with these scans. These, oh yeah, I, I don't know with, anything with about these this. brain scans. Yeah, it's fucking interesting. Uh, I have no idea, but all I know is I just want my head to be bashed in. So uh, okay. uh, I'm going with the the best way to go. Uh, I think three had a fucking easy. Um, but if if we're going by which idiot deserved it the most which we don't go by. Right. Uh then it's probably one it's one or two obviously. Yeah. Um yeah, I I'm, I'm sure somebody could say, "Well, you know that there's a risk involved deep diving." Yeah, I mean there's risk involved with anything. Yeah, but the risk is like drowning or something, not not getting hit by a boat. Like in in an area where there's no boats supposed to be allowed. Right. So yeah, th- there you have it. Death number 2 is your winner. And that is our special. Who would you have picked? Um Probably death number two. That is seems like it is the worst way to die. I, I I think I agree with you on here. But yeah, the the person who deserved their death the least was the third one. But yeah, so um, in summation, uh, that is the Biggie Tupac story. That is our special. Uh, we have another special next week. The Scissor Sisters. Hmm. Not what you think it is. Scissors are involved. 
Scissoring is not. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Do you have anything else you want to... No, it just reminds me of Arn and Sid. Uh, yeah, nobody died. Or we would have probably... If one of those two... If Arn Anderson would have died, that would have been an early episode, probably. Yeah. Because I think he was the one that came closest to dying in that. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they both... Well, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Arn was... He lost a lot of blood. Jeez. But, um, yeah. He should have just had a squeegee fight. Would have been much safer. I'd rather I'd rather be hit with a squeegee than stab. Who was the squeegee fight? It was uh, Sid and Sid was um Brian Pillman, Pillman challenged Sid it. to a fight. Yeah. And Sid ran out and got a squeegee. Because <laughs> he needed a weapon to fight Brian Pillman. Yeah. The big fucking six foot eight guy, ten, whatever he was, six yeah. ten, six eight. And Brian Pillman was what, five eight? He's probably a little taller than that, probably like five ten. But Sid had, yeah, Sid had almost a foot in height and probably like 100 pounds, pounds yeah. 70 pounds of weight on him. Yeah. But alas, he needed a squeegee. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking goofball. He is a goofball. And he's still alive somehow. He is. Brian Pillman dead. Uh, Arn Anderson also alive. Yeah. So there's that. All right. And that's our show. We will see you next week with more murder. My dude. Right, I think I finally got it. To Blave? I, yeah, I think I got my rap name. Lil Blave. You're Lil Blave. Lil Blave. That's me, Lil Blave. That's me, Lil Blave. It's, you just sounded very British there. Yeah, I'm going to be one of those British rappers. No, but it, it, it sounded like you were saying, that's me, Lil Blave. Like, that's your little Blave. Oi. Oi. Well, love to all y'all.